Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to episode 8 of the Slot Report. Victor, as always, bringing you all the action of what's coming up, or what went down, actually, I should say, at the Superliga Americana Rugby, SLAR, the, the main professional rugby competition down in South America, which was um, which is pretty much coming to a close. We're going to be talking about the semifinals before uh, having our pretty much our almost, I will say, next to last episode of the season. I am thinking of making a special episode the week after to sort of review everything and just neatly tie it up and see what's coming up next. So that will be episode 10. So because I was thinking of just ending this at nine episodes, but I'm a person that likes my round numbers. So we're probably going to finish this series at 10. So stay tuned for the next two episodes coming up. In any case, let's get right into it, everyone. So again, semifinals, the very, the very first semifinals of professional rugby in the history of the South American continent played entirely in the continent. And the very first one was Peñarol, the team from Uruguay, playing at home at the Estadio Charrua, the home of Uruguayan rugby, the home of of Dereros, the national team, against Tecnam, the team from Chile. So this was the very first match of the, the two semifinals. So keep in mind, semifinals, if you have forgotten, were Peñaros, Tecnam, and then Jaguares, Olimpia. Now, I have to say, everyone, I was quite excited about uh, these proceedings, and I was actually not disappointed with the level of play on the field. But I'm going to get more into the actual games themselves and the things I, I personally thought of it. But in any case, um, so check uh, let's check out Peñarol and Signum uh, as a squad before actually getting into what happened in the field. So Peñarol, so Peñarol was was coming in hot with very much all their players. It, of course, trying to take a revenge of what happened to the 27-17 loss they suffered against Signum the second time they lose uh, against the the, the Chilean uh, the Chilean franchise. So uh, coming over in regards to the the front row, and so in the front row. We had Juan Echevarria, Guillermo Pujadas, Diego Arbelo, Felipe Aliaga, Nahuel Milán, Manuel Arradao, Santiago Civeta, or Civeta, pronunciation one of use, is Italian, and finally Conrado Roura. So of those eight, only Roura is Argentinian. All the others are from Uruguay. Then uh, the backs, we got uh, Manuel Nogues, Martin Royer, uh, Nicolas Freitas, Andres Villaseca as the captain, Thomas Inciarte, or Incharte, Federico Favaro, and Jose Maria uh, Irulegui, I believe it's pronounced, I believe that's uh, either either Basque or uh, French, the G-U-Y has a G sound in, in both languages. In any case, um, we got uh, Nogues and Roger, who are the Argentinians, uh, and then everyone else is uh, Uruguayan, so not too shabby. Uh, now, in regards to the replacements, uh, Facundo Gatas, Ignacio Peculo, uh, Matias Benitez, Alejandro Nieto, Eric Dos Santos, uh, Carlos Deus, Felipe Arcos, and Juan Manuel Alonso. If I'm not mistaken, all of those guys are Uruguayan. Now, in regards to Stecnam, we got Javier Carrasco, Augusto Bomme, Matiaditus, Santiago Portillo, Clemente Saavedra, Martin Sigre, Ignacio Silva as the captain, and Alfonso Escobar. Uh, all those guys uh, Chilean. And then after that, we got in the backs Patricio Baronio, Santiago Videla, uh, Nicolas Carafulich, uh, uh, Matias Carafulich, both the Carafulich brothers there, Domingo Saavedra, Julio Blanc, and Rodrigo Fernandez in regards to 
the bags. Um, just to clarify, let me just double check because as far as I know, I believe uh, uh, all those guys are again uh, Chilean and they are okay. So I was correct, and I believe in, in regards to the bags, yeah, I think on the bags, all of them are Chilean as well. Uh, okay, not not too bad. Oh, actually, um, Baroni is actually uh, the only Argentinian uh, in the. Uh, and I believe he was in the. Let me see. Oh, let me check over here. No, yeah, Baroni is actually Argentinian, and he was. Let me see, because he was in the back. And yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah, number nine. So yes, he was the only Argentinian uh, playing uh, in the backs. So of the first fifteen, a uh, fourteen were Chilean. In so in the in the replacements we got uh, Thomas Dussoland, uh, Iñaki Guru uh, Guruchaga, Salvador Luis, Tomas Orchard, uh, Bautista Stabile, Stabile, never I don't know how to pronounce that one, uh, Lucas uh, Carvalho or Carvalho, uh, Jose Larenas and Raimundo Martinez, all of them uh, Chilean. Okay. So uh, again, uh, Peñarol was coming in. Uh, unfortunately, the sore losers of that uh, of the last time to play Segnam. So Segnam obviously was coming in uh, with a lot of uh, a lot of hope that they were actually going to do quite well, and the game actually ended up delivering quite well. It ended up being seventeen to fourteen to Peñarol. Uh, and what's interesting about this particular matchup is the fact that it was a game of two halves. So Peñarol scored all, all their seventeen points two tries and a penalty on the first half, while Segnam scored all their 14 points in the second half. In fact, Segnam had the chance to win the match in pretty much at the end of the game, but unfortunately it was a knock-on that, uh, that happened after the ball came off of scrum, and that pretty much sealed the deal. But I'm sure Segnam would have won that match. Um, I, I, I was I was watching the game live, by the way, and and, and shout outs uh, to my buddy Cesar from from Mexico that was able to give me his credentials to actually log in using his cable a, a, a cable um, a information for ESPN Latin America because I actually had to get a VPN. So. The, the connection thinks I'm in Mexico for me to actually use it and watch the game live that way. Because otherwise, as you as you know, and I have mentioned it several times in, in this series, uh, the, the series is locked behind a geo block, a, a geo block wall. So if you don't live in Latin America, you cannot watch it unless. So well, I mean, the only thing that you can watch, of course, are the highlights. Other than that, a live match you can't, which is ridiculous. And once again, shout outs to uh, Rugby Sudamericano on YouTube, which has been uploading all the matches uh, since day one. So thanks, thanks, thanks a lot to whoever runs that uh, particular YouTube channel. Okay, so in regards to the the breakdown of the. Again, who scored what? So Rora scored on minute 15 for, for Peñarol. Then Inciarte at 30. Again, the two conversions by Roger and the penalty. Uh, then in Segnam, there were a try by Matias Vitus, one for Tego Portillo, and the two, excuse me, the two conversions by, uh, by Santiago Videla. There was a red card that, um, that Federico Fabaro got when he tried to tackle one of the Segnam players. Let me see which one. It was hopefully I can find it. I don't. I actually I don't know if I made a note of. Oh, actually it was Bidella. Yeah, so it was Bidella who was who gathered the the ball uh, in in his own uh, trisome, uh, and he was and was looking to run it out. So he got tackled by Favaro, and he made his um, shoulder made contact with his head, and he got and he was recorded. So they had that forty man advantage at minute sixty nine. 
and still lost by three points, which really annoyed me. Segnum could have definitely won that match again, back to back to Peñarol. But for whatever reason, things didn't pan out that way, and well, it's what it is. In any case, kudos to them. Uh, they leave the they, they definitely leave the uh, the um, <clears throat> me, the competition on a high. As I mean, in a sense, although they lost, um, they were third place, and they gave Peñarol hell again. They Peñarol only lost by three points, so it definitely looked really, really good. And with that said. It looks to me that when the national team gathers, the Chileans are going to are, are so far from what I've seen are looking much stronger. Keep in mind that they had trouble beating uh, Uruguay uh, for years, and they have beaten them in club competition uh, with most of their international players. So hopefully, coming up the, the next time they play internationally. The Chileans are going to be quite uh, competitive because Chileans, uh, the Chileans that really have been uh, sort of um, the, the the weakest link in South America outside of, of Paraguay. Uh, the Brazilians have been beating them uh, consistently a couple of years, and it seems to me that this has now changed. Okay, so moving from that, we got the next match, the final of the of the two semifinals, which was Hawares 15, the game the. the the team from from Argentina, which I'm sure most of you know, against Olympia Lions, the team from Paraguay. So in this one, just to break down both the um, again both the uh, the packs. Uh, so we got for Jaguares, Francisco Miranvino, Martin Baca, Juan Pablo Seis, Federico Gutierrez, Franco Molina, Lautaro Bavaro. Juan Martin Gonzalez and Francisco Gorison. So in the in this one we got both Seis and Gorison that are have played for the the Pumas Argentinian national team, and then from there in the backs we got Felipe Escurra, eh, Tomás Al- Tomás Albornoz, Martin Cancelliere, Juan eh, Juan Pablo Castro, Agustín Segura, Agustín Segura, excuse me, Tomás Cubilla and eh, Juan Bautista Dairu. I believe it's pronounced. Uh, in this one, Scurra, if I'm not mistaken, has played for the Pumas. Uh, and then from there on, of course, everyone has played Argentina 15, which is the second, uh, the, the B team uh, for Argentina. On the replacements, we got Ignacio Ruiz, uh, Federico, uh, I believe it's pronounced, uh, Gresin, I guess, uh, uh, Joel or Joel Esclavi, uh, Pedro uh, Rubiolo. Eh, Tomás eh, Bernasconi, eh, Rafael Iriarte, Martín Elías, and Jerónimo eh, Prisciantelli. Eh, in this one, Joel eh, played for Jaguares, the original team, and I, but I, I don't think none of those guys have played for the national team, unlike, again, Zeis and, and Gorisen uh, and Scurra. Can't forget about him. Okay, and of course, all those guys are Argentinian, so... No breakdown there. Now, in regards to Olympia Lions, so this is the breakdown. So we got uh, uh, Rodrigo Martinez, Axel Zapata, the captain, uh, which I don't know if I mentioned it, but Felipe Escurra is the captain of Jaguares in this match. Uh, we got uh, Lucas Fabre, Carlos Repeto, Mauro Rebusone, Jerónimo Gomez Barra, Lucas Santa Cruz, Ignacio, and finally Ignacio Gandini. All those guys are. Argentinian. Uh, Gomez Barra, as I have established a couple of times, I believe, before, is Paraguayan eligible through his parents. Then in the backs, we got Ignacio Inchauspe, Maximo Ledesma, which has been top um, in this past couple of games, uh, Tomás Acosta, Pim- uh, Tomas Acosta Pimentel, uh, Sebastián Urbieta, the only Paraguayan in the, in the starting 15, Francisco Diez, Leopoldo Herrera, and Martín Bogado. 
So again, of the four of the fifteen players, fourteen of them are Argentine, and we won Paraguayan. Lastly, in the replacement, we got Mariano Montaner, Nicolás Revol, Enrique Quinteros, Paraguayan, Mariano Garcete, Paraguayan, Marcos Riquelme, Paraguayan, Joaquín Pelatini, eh, Matías Gómez Vara, who's a brother again. Uh, of, uh, of Jerónimo, also Paraguayan eligible, and lastly uh, Renato Cardona, the captain of the Paraguayan national team, obviously Paraguayan. So of course, in the replacement, we got way more Paraguayans. Now, if I haven't made it clear previously as to why the Paraguayan team, in comparison, let's say to Peñarol uh, or Segnam or uh, or Heck or Cafeteros and Cobras, has so many uh, how many so many Argentinians in comparison to Paraguayans. And I believe I, I probably may have mentioned this at the, the first uh, the first episode of the series. It's a fact that unfortunately Paraguay uh, really did not had that many high level players until re- I want to say until recently. I mean probably they still don't. But the thing is that they unfortunately were left behind by teams like uh, Brazil and Colombia. In, in terms of again, in terms of high level players, in fact, they, as far as I know, they don't have any players uh, out, uh, playing internationally. They may have probably someone in Spain, possibly, but of course, the, the Spanish league, if you're not aware of, uh, aware of, is is really semi professional. Um, I, I cannot speak really for for X level. Uh, I, I I do keep up with it uh, as much as possible. Uh, but it's not a super competitive league. It's definitely more competitive than the one in Paraguay, that much I can say, and definitely the one in, in Brazil and Colombia, that much I can definitely say for sure, but it's not there. And thus, the fact, of course, uh, that uh, of this is that um, Olympia, since they have that many high-level players, instead of just throwing all their national players to the fire, they decided to have this Argentinian players in to help raise the level of the team and the national team players can also learn from them. At least that is the idea. So, but in any case, that is the, the matchup coming in. And keep in mind that in the the last three times, well, actually, technically, the, yeah, the last three times that they, Olympia has played the Argentinian franchise first, that was back in 2020, Mar- March 6, when they played Sabos, the team that was located in the city of Cordoba, the loss 48-8. to Then you had the first matchup on this year, on the 30th, March 30th, when they lost 71-13. to And then you had that last one on April 26th, when they lost 40-26. to So, again, just to give you the context. So... We have this match, and this one ends uh, on a 29-17 to 17 score. Not too shabby for Olympia. Now, this match was very, very good. Olympia definitely came to play. In fact, in uh, by by halftime, the, the score was only seven to three. Uh, it was a, it was um it was a try uh, by um, Francisco Minerino, the, the 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 prop, and then after that the um the conversion by uh, by Tomas Albornoz, um, and it was like that for a while. So in the very end of the game, there were two really cool defensive plays. The first one was. Uh, one of the Juarez players, 
uh, grabbed the, the ball and was about uh, was very close to the try line. Then what happened was that Leopoldo Herrera, the the wing, caught up to that player, grabbed him, and crocodile rolled him out of the of the of the field. If you if you don't know what that is, is when the crocodiles grab the prey and do a roll, to twist and turn the prey and just rip them to shreds. Well, he that's he did something similar to that. Grab them, roll them out of the field. Really cool. Then there was a pick and go type of situation where uh, where Hawares was stacking after they were able to get the ball back from a line out. And then the number seven, Lucas Luca Santa Cruz, was able to steal the ball. Or I believe I, I believe he turned over the ball, they kick it out, and that was it. And then the seven to three. When that happened, I was pumped. I'm thinking, dude, the second half is going to be awesome for Olympia. Now, what happened was the following: in the beginning, like less than ten minutes in, a uh, minute forty-three, uh, this guy Babaro. Um, let me see, what's his what's his last name? Uh, Lautaro Babaro scores. Uh, conversion by Albornoz. Boom, game is already. 14 to 14 to 3. Okay, move, move on. About three minutes later, Albornoz scores. Uh, Tomas Albornoz at number 10. Let me see. I, uh, yeah, he then converses on try. Then we are already on 29, excuse me, 20, 29, 21 to 3 already. So they already, led, uh, again, they, Olympia, led Hawaii score twice already that quickly. And the game was already coming to an end, pretty much. Then after that, um, uh, Jerónimo Gómez Vara scores in, in a minute 63. Repeto scores uh, at, um, seven, at minute 70. Um, let me see which one. was 75. Repeto. Give me a second, because now I cannot. Trying to find out. Hey, Carlos. Carlos Repeto scores. And it's minute 75. And, of course, the two conversions by, Le- by Tomás Ledesma. Both of them went well. And a penalty by Ledesma in minute 8, which, of course, the number 3 was there. And that was the 17. That was it. Of course, then uh, Babaru scores again in minute 67. And that's how the game ended up being at 29 39 points. By the, uh, and also the penalty that Lucas Albornoz took at minute 4. Pick to 4, excuse me. And that was it. So, Hawares took the game by the the first before the first 10 minutes odd of the uh, again of the second half Olympia sort of sc- again score after that but unfortunately it was already too late and th- th- there was no coming back from that and again being it ended up being 29 to 17 but this ended up being the most competitive matchup that any team has given Hawaii since the start of th- the start of the uh, start of the competition then of course you can definitely say the fact that Olympia got this good of a scoring to Hawaii's before the fact that they played most Argentinian players as well. It was pretty much two Argentinian teams playing against each other. Just one of them was using Paraguayans. And yes, you, you, you could definitely give again. You could definitely say that. But at the end of the day, Olympia was as competitive as it could be. They had the opportunity to win, and they didn't. And Hawaii's obviously was the better coach team. So. We had to give Hawares their due, but of course, Olympia, good play to them. I was really happy that I ended up where, where they did. Then lastly, of course, everyone, with those two scores, we have, of course, our final, uh, which is going to be Uruguayan against Argentinian, Peñarol against Hawares. Now, needless to say, and of course, most people said that from the very beginning, uh, Hawares was going to win. Now, 
even if that is going to definitely be the case for next week, again, next Saturday, that Juarez wins the whole thing, which is to be expected, I have to say that at least for, with this semifinal matchup, it, the wings did not come easy for Juarez. Now, if Peñarol comes into the final and ends up doing, again, not providing the again the best again matchup to Juarez, then I'm going to be quite sad in all honesty. So I definitely, and honestly, Hawaii's Olympia would have would have been probably a better final. So I definitely want Peñarol to be as competitive as humanly possible for it to be something as close as to what Olympia gave, gave them. But keep in mind, Peñarol just barely won against Sekna by three points. So I am expecting a bloodbath, a bloodbath, Hawaii's to again just just the Jaguars coming in and just ripping Peñarol to shred, shreds. Which by the way, Peñarol they're the nickname of the um, of the team. Uh, which if you're not aware, if I've not mentioned this, Peñarol is connected to the the club Atlético Peñarol uh, a soccer club, and for whatever reason they're called, they're called El Car- El Carbonero, which I believe it was because that was a, te- a team that was made by. Coal miners is what I'm thinking, and that's probably why it's called that. Carbonero is just a word for a coal miner. Uh, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Jaguars probably going to just shred the coal miner. It's what I'm thinking. It's what I'm saying. Well, in any case, everyone, um, I think with that said, we have come to an end of this um, special episode of the Slaughter Report. Again, talking about the semifinal of the league. And again, next time we're going to be speaking about uh, the final. Uh, of course, these episodes are usually about less than 30 minutes long, so I'm assuming that the match next week is going to be quite short, uh, depending on, on how, mu- how much I have to say f- about the, the final. If anything, what I may do is, if it's not going to be too long, uh, what I said before about having a whole number of episodes might not be the case. And what I might end up doing is just um, making that episode and just again summarizing the, the 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 rest of the league as another part of that episode, and just just to tie it up right there. If I can make that, if I cannot make the episode longer than the the, the regular one, just talking about one match. So we'll see what we'll, we'll see what happens. Of course, everyone, I don't make any promises, but I uh, do it. Uh, but I do expect it to to be quite fun. Hopefully, of course, my fingers, everything goes well. Okay, everyone. So thanks again for listening again to episode eight. And if anything, and of course, you're definitely going to hear me for next one talking about again the final of the Superliga Americana Rugby against again Hawares uh, 15 against Peñarol from Uruguay. So you have a great day, and we're, again, you'll hear me soon. Thanks again. Mm-hmm.